Reasons not to worry what others think. Pursuit of wonder. Fundamentally, you do not understand you, where you come from, or how you work. And yet, it is this same you that is trying to manage all of the complexities of being a you in the world. And for the most part, trying to be liked by all the others you encountered. Of course, it feels very nice to be liked. In certain cases, it is essential. Our well-being depends to some degree on the quality of our social relations, which require us being sufficiently liked by at least some people some amount of the time. The impulse desire to be liked and the concern we have over what others think of us has clear sociological and evolutionary purpose to cooperate effectively, reproduce, cultivate the sense, belonging, and so on. The problem, however, is the tendency for this otherwise positive impulse to grow and mutate into a state of malignancy. How often do we find ourselves worrying about what others will think of us before entering into a benign, low-stakes social interaction? How often are we worrying while we are in one? How often do we worry about others thinking about some strange or foolish but otherwise harmless thing we said or did in the past? How often are we doing or not doing things, buying or not buying things, trying or not trying things because of our concern over how others we do not barely know? Any and all of these common cases is where the concern over what others think of us can obviously turn potentially malignant. In infancy and early childhood, we are inadvertently conditioned by our parents, teachers, and so forth to feel like we are the center of all attention, the most important thing in the world and beyond. Everything we do is relevant, consequential, or impressive. When we walk for the first time, it is the most important thing that could have happened in the world that day. If we draw on the wall, it's the worst thing, but of course the world does not care about either of those things that day at all. We age and are further socializing to that the world mostly has never and we never care about what just about anyone does the vast majority of time, including us. We are not really at the center of anything at all, not even our own minds. We are not important in any grand sense. No one really cares, not really, not in the way that we want. This becomes obvious when we turn our lens away from ourselves and towards how we view others. How often and how long do we think or care about others we don't know that well? How much do we care about the mistakes, mistypes and quirks of those we do? How often are we thinking closely about what others are saying or doing in the moment or in life broadly? How often does it affect them? Surely there are some exceptions here in certain circumstances with certain loved ones, friends, colleagues and so forth. We are also worried about ourselves. 
We leave almost no time or mental space to worry about others in anywhere near the same way we are concerned. And so likewise, most of the time, when we do or do not do something in a social moment or in life in general, and we are concerned that others will perceive us negatively, most are in fact too busy concerning themselves with when they must or how they look to ever notice us, let alone care. On the other hand, confronting this, how little others really care or think about us, takes away some degree of our sense of importance. But on the other hand, it gives us the potential freedom to worry less about what others think and focus more on what we do. In his famous 20th century play No Exit, French existentialist philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre wrote, You remember all we were told about the torture chambers, the fire and brimstone, the burning mold, old wives' tales. There is no need for red-hot pokers. Hell is other people. Self forms as a result of our perceiving that we are being perceived by others. He would refer to this construction of self as the other. In this, in every encounter with another person, even if we are not conscious of it, we become some level aware that others like us are constructing their own worlds and their own version of us, rendering us into objects of their perception. As a consequence, since we are in part comprehending ourselves through the reflective function of this, when the anxiety of disappointment or rejections comes into play during various life choices, when the self-aware anxiety heads in the moments of certain social interactions, the uncontrollable state of mind that occurs seems to struggle to see ordered self-control and rationality. One can know all of the aforementioned to be true, that in the most cases, it generally doesn't matter what others think of you, that your life is lived and experienced through your own mind, and your own mind, and your own mind alone. But just like an irrational fear of a harmless spiders, irrational anxieties of harmless social relations and interactions. If, like Sartre suggests, we see ourselves by being seen by others, or like how Charles Clay put it, I'm not who you think I am, I'm not who I think I am, I am who I think you think I am, then perhaps we must see how other people see carefully and as generously as possible. If there is to be some particular mindset that might help though, it perhaps starts with these subtle reminders, reminders of whatever helps regain perspective over how little others care, how little the world cares, 